this episode, we're going to look at some of the upcoming changes in Rails 5.2. And one of the biggest and most notable changes is the addition of Active Storage, which is a uploading framework. And it has a lot of awesome features that I'm really excited about. And some of these features include direct upload to cloud storage, progress bars for your file uploads, and then being able to create variants or resizing images on the fly. And if you want a deeper dive into Active Storage, check out the Pro episode 111, where I go into a lot of the different features of the Active Storage. And another pretty big feature is the built-in Redis cache store, which still supports the vanilla Redis and high Redis, but then it also now supports the Redis distributed. And that's going to allow stuff like a multi-read and a multi-write. So let's create a new Rails application with Rails 5.2. So to start, we need to install Rails 5.2. We can do that with gem install Rails and then pass in the dash dash pre option. And you'll see that Rails is now successfully installed and we can do a Rails dash V to see what version we're running. So then we can do a Rails new template to just create a new application called template. And the first thing that you may notice at the bottom is that it runs a task called active storage install, which just simply creates a migration. And another major change is adding of the content security policy, which basically means that if you look at the config initializers content security policy.rb file, you'll see that there's a lot of options in here. And these are basically limiting your application to only speak to these kind of sources. So if you have an image, then it's only going to display the image on your screen if the image source is coming from the rail service, for example, being loaded by your assets if it's over HTTPS, or if it's something like a base64 data. And if you do have something that you need to refer to, then you are still able to do that. Maybe in your testing environment, you are able to put in a specific host and a port if you need to. And something like this may come in handy if you're using Webpack Dev Server to launch an instance to then point this to it so it'll pick up those assets. And another cool feature about the content security policy is that you're able to override it directly within the controller on a per controller basis. So you can see that here, in this case, in a post controller, within the block of the content security policy, we're just saying the upgrade and secure requests and setting that to true. You can also use literal values. So for the base URI, we can put in a specific URL. And then you can also use some dynamic data. And so another feature is something that they have done with the mailer. So I'm going to create a mailer and I'm just going to call this my mailer and it'll create my file under the app mailers, my mailer. So within the my mailer, we now have the option to specify a custom delivery job. And you can do that with self dot delivery job. And you can set this equal to whatever active job that you have created for it. And also with the form with, it'll now generate the ID by default. So now you don't have to pass in the ID of the form. It's just going to create it based on the model. And if you want to override this within your application, you can go into your configs and then just call the config action view. Then the form with generates IDs and just set this to false. And if you have to mess around with time much, if you do time.new, and if you want to get something in the future or in the previous, You've always had the options with something like next year, but now you can pass in a option, pass in an integer, and then it'll jump that many years forward. In addition to the year and month, you can also jump between days. And they're also making changes to Rails secrets. So before we would run editor 
than your favorite editor dash dash wait if you're using something that has a GUI like Visual Studio Code, and then you call bin rails secrets edit. But in Rails 5.2, you'll see that it says that this is deprecated, and instead, you should just run credentials help, and this will give you a list of options. So to test this out, I'll just run my editor code dash dash wait because I am using Visual Studio Code, and then the bin rails credentials edit. And this will bring up the file that we can then make our changes to. So I'm going to create a key called test, and then the value I'm going to just set to value. And then we can open up our Rails console. If we then run rails.application.credentials.test, we can then get our value. And I also recently put out a list of all the Rails 5.2.0 deprecations. And this one that I did for Rails 5.1.0, and the response of it was pretty good. So I decided to go ahead and do it for the beta version, and I'll keep this up to date as the release candidate and the final version comes out. But within here, you can click on each one of the links to get the changelog for each one of the respected areas. And these changelogs are going to have a lot of good information. So if you're working with Rails quite a bit, then I definitely recommend coming in here and just taking a glance at some of the logs to see what has changed and what you may need to be aware of. And overall, I've been really happy with the Rails 5.2.0 because it doesn't look like there were too many breaking changes and a migration from Rails 5.0 or 5.1.0 should be pretty painless to get up to 5.2.0. And a notable mention that's not part of the Rails framework, but it is something that Basecamp wrote and they use within Basecamp quite a bit, is a new JavaScript framework called Stimulus. And so while it's not part of the Rails core, I do think that it's a notable mention and definitely something that you should check out. And in the Pro episode 112, we did dive into the Stimulus JavaScript framework where we looked at some of the different features that it has to offer. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you for watching.